Why, hello there, buddies, friends, pals, and welcome to another Teesside. And of course, joining me, as always, I have Mr. Hawker and Yumi, fresh off a fat lot of nothing, really, so far that's been happening in CS2, because, you know, basically, uh, obviously we'll be covering Blast today, and that's pretty much the only tournament that's happened this year, apart from IEM Sydney, so... Yeah, brilliant. But we do start, of course, with some fairly breaking news um, of the happenings outside of the server. Because, of course, Mr. Nexa has uh, not only left OG, but he's returned to his friends at G2. Um, to the surprise of not too many people, I would imagine, inside the scene. But to you guys, maybe. Obviously, he is replacing uh, JKS. And my question to you guys is very simple. What do you make of this move? I'll start with you, please, Mr. Yumi. Uh, yeah, do you like this for G2? Is it an upgrade? What, what did you think of this when you saw it? I remember when I saw the rumors, I I had to just question why, because I felt like JKS was doing a lot for this team. Like, I, I think it's so easy for people in the community, and weirdly enough, they've not actually been dogpiling on JKS, but to just look at stats and go, oh, well, I, I can see why they maybe want to upgrade him. He, he's supposed to be like a star player, but he wasn't really putting up star player kind of numbers. He's definitely doing sort of uh, bad roles for this G2 squad. And Nexa will do those roles as well. But it didn't. I don't really know the internal reasoning as to why they would have gotten rid of JKS. Because I think he brings a certain fandom to, to G2. Like the Australian yeah. fans are obviously mad about him as a player. Um, which can only help you as a brand. He was also a very solid uh, player when he was with G2 as well. So this felt like more of a... I mean, this feels like a downgrade, but one that might somehow boost the boost the internal morale of, like, I don't know, Nico and Hunter, because Nico's re-signed uh, re with G2 as well. He said he's not going to go to Falcons, so they might have needed some extra leverage to keep him in that roster. Maybe Nexa is that uh, extra something for, for G2. I don't know. Well, if the rumors around Nico are to be believed, then everyone else is getting kicked pretty soon as well, aren't they? Isn't he going to... Uh full Balkan or whatever but I mean what what do you think Hawker because for me as uni, Yumi sort of said like I just don't think it's an upgrade at all I'm not so sure I'd go like so far as to say that you know heavy downgrade or whatever but it's no. not an upgrade is it or is it yeah no there's there's no way there's no way it's it's just so weird um I, I don't really even think I've seen like the, the reason why they've said they benched JKS which is a bit confusing because I mean, I guess they're trying to just frame it as an upgrade, but no one believes it's an upgrade. It's weird because, like, Nexa, I think a lot of people have said for a while he could probably be a decent fragger if he doesn't have to in-game lead anymore. But, yeah, like, OG were doing nothing. They were doing sweet fuck all with him on the team. So I, I don't really know why you make this move unless... I mean, that's why everyone's just going to say it's Nico, obviously, because that's, that's what it feels like. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only sort of upside of this in my head is, like... If we make this move and G2 don't get better, like what's the next move you make? Probably Hooksy out and get an in-game leader in, which isn't a bad shout um, at this point. I also have just realized my flatmate has been an idiot and forgot his key, so I'm going to have to go and let him in. So <laughs> give me a minute. Great timing, of course. Uh, I'll, I'll bounce off Walker's point, unless we want, or, unless, or if we're, we're going to cut here. No, no, that. we're keeping but that I'll, in. Keep going, yeah. mate. We're keeping that in. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Come on. Yeah, I'll just I'll just bounce off that, because I think uh, Nexa as an in-game leader actually is very good at sort of mid-round adjusting and sort of letting his team, his players do what they, they want in moments. So there is actually some kind of positive to draw from this, and that Hooksy doesn't have to do 
as much sort of in the mid round and, and sort of adjusting maybe maybe you can focus on future rounds for the team like if if nexa can take hold of those mid-round choices and actually facilitate players like nico maybe we even see better performances out of of, of this sort of um, bosnian core but it's also, it does really feel like nico just decided to call in a favor and say listen nexa i know you're having a hard time on og that team is dead I'm gonna save you. You know, this is this is me calling in my favor. I'm saving my boy. Get him back in the squad, G2. Thank you. I mean, I know obviously you're both sort of playing devil's advocate to a certain extent, or like hypothesizing why you know they might have made this choice. But if it really is something like you know, let's reduce the pressure and stress on Hooksy, that does not seem like a particularly great reason to bring someone in, does it? I mean, axing Hooksy from someone who can actually play Counter Strike as well as in-game lead might, you know. Been, uh, I just get the impression angle. that there are few players on this team that are like hard anti-stratting or looking for like things that will, will you could exploit on the other team. Like they all have their own tricks and they they all work their areas of the map fine. But I feel like they almost needed another person willing to put in that prep work. And I think Nexa actually helps alleviate some of that strain. It's something that we talk a lot about when in-game leaders don't have a, like a working coach for ages and then a coach comes in, you know, that extra extra brain added to it where you can offset some of the workload is is important, I think. So there, I do think there are upsides, but I just don't think they're, they're large enough from what we've seen from Nexa in the past like year and a bit to, to really feel like this is a good move. Yeah, I mean, as with anything, obviously, it's a wait and see. Let's just say I'm not going to be super shocked if we see another G2 move uh, relatively soon. But we'll see about that. Right, let's talk about what we are here to talk about, which is, of course, the Blast Premier Fall Finals. Um, yeah, slightly odd format, I guess you could say, for, you know what is, I guess, going to be the biggest event up until this point, arguably. I mean, there's only been two of them again, but it just seems slightly underwhelming that we basically got like eight teams and not too many that can win G2, obviously, themselves aren't here, so we're going to have to wait to, to get a look at them. I want to introduce you guys to what is the new section around tournaments, which I call Triple D. And those Triple Ds stand for Destined to Win, which will obviously be, you know, our favored team for the tournament which i think we'll probably unanimously agree on this one uh dark horses speaks for itself and disappointment which again probably speaks for itself but let's start with the team that we believe is destined to win can we look outside of phase here are they just the de facto heavy favorites hawker actually before you answer that i would just say does any of the sort of background noise around what might potentially be happening with Twist change your opinion at all about FaZe coming into this tournament? Uh, probably not, because I feel like it's sort of been there the whole time. And it's just it's just this weird scenario where, like, I almost feel bad because I feel like this <laughs> this era of CS2, the start of it, is probably just going to be looked back on as, as, like, not that good because it's most likely a dead team was just winning all the tournaments. So you're kind of like, well, okay, that was fun, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think they have to be the the favorites here. Like it's it's just so tough because some of the other teams that I wish I could say are going to be able to compete, we just haven't seen basically anything from. We've seen like four maps of Vitality, and they've even made a roster move coming into this. Seen a bit of Cloud9 online. Navi have, have had changes. Like the, there's just too many teams that have question marks going on. It's basically been a weird roster mania. I think leading up to the next year where. We're actually going to get some big tournaments. 
So yeah, I think I think Faze is just the the obvious pick here. And I mean, listen, they they they're looking very well rounded. We we've kind of already sung their praises. So yeah, we know what to expect from them. Yeah, and what do you think, Yumi? And also, well, I mean, the big rumor is obviously that Twist is most likely going back to Liquid. Can you fathom why that would be? I mean, if you're Twist, why would you leave Phase? Do you think? Like, does this make sense to you? I think, like, I think the sneaking suspicion is that, well, first off, Complexity Phase are both owned by the same parent company wow. now as well, and so there might be a dissolving of one esports division over the other. Complexity, I think, have a or that organization actually have a big decision to make because having a North American team is much easier to market to sponsors than having an international one. Very few brands have the same sort of reaching power to make international sponsors work. Um, so I, I think from an esports point of view, in terms of profitability, the complexity brand makes way more sense than having phase because the overheads to, to keep that team are probably ridiculous. So I feel like that might have been why Twist explored options. So we don't know if this phase team even exists. You know, they might just get picked picked for parts moving into the next year. I don't know if they stay for the first major and then they try and dissolve. I don't know what goes on there. So it's all about timelines, really. Um, so I think that might be a big reason as to why. Also, the the Liquid team, I th yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's just... Uh, Twist thinking that he's accomplished enough with international fronts that he wants to sort of bring one home for for North America, and I can I can commend him for that if he goes for it. But it does feel like you're giving up on what could be like yeah it might be a dead team era, but it could still be an era that we we talk about at the start just going these guys were the most dominant at the very start. You know they they innovated or they they found ways to break the game that two other teams just simply couldn't ca quite capitalize on. Cause they're not even a team that like heavily exploit the nading open smokes and, yeah. and doing all that. They play like a very aggressive game that leverages this like peaker's advantage that people are maybe complaining a bit about in CS2. By the way, just on that point that you made, cause I do agree, like there's a lot of logic to what you said about the whole dynamic of phase and complexity or whatever. It is kind of interesting though, that after three tournaments, all of which, of course, they won, Neo has now been made like an official part. Like he has now officially been signed as the coach for FaZe. Why would you do that, do you think, if they're going to, you know, disband or pick complexity over FaZe? Like surely that, surely they don't say to Neo, hey, buddy, we're going to make it official now, but it's for like two months. And then, you know, that would that really make any sense? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that is a, that is a very good point. It's it is odd that that is something that happened. Um, it might have just been something that was stipulated in his sort of like trialing contract that he doesn't get paid the like the appropriate amount of money, or he doesn't get paid for some of the work that he's done previously until he's like officially signed. As esports man, he might just not have been paid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... I mean that could also be the case. You know, he's probably taken some of the prize winnings home as well, so it doesn't. I don't think it matters too much to him. But yeah, I. It is curious because I do wonder whether this team tries to market its market itself as a core because I don't think Rain or Rops will want to part with Carrigan, for example. You know, maybe maybe Brokey is kind of left to the wilderness, but I feel like those two are pretty loyal to Carrigan as an in-game leader. So yeah, I think we're we're unanimous so going in that FaZe are still the heavy favorites despite all the background noise. Um, and now I do want to just quickly go sort of one by one and get your takes on uh, the other possible contenders because obviously phase aren't the only team with background noise here one of the sad things i guess about this tournament is basically every single team have a little asterisk next to their name of something odd going on so you know to start with navi for example obviously simple's not there anymore um 
to be fair, Wonderful looks pretty damn good in, in what we've seen of him so far. Like, doesn't seem to be... Uh, I, well, actually, I can't say that. That'd be blasphemy. But he's a good player. Whether or not he's a downgrade from Simple, of course. Probably, yes. But, you know, Na'Vi also have this weird thing where when Simple's taken breaks in the past, they haven't, like, completely fallen off a cliff or something when they've had stand-ins. I feel like they're quite good at adapting to sort of uh, playing without him, as it were. Um, what are your guys' takes on Na'Vi? Any shot here at all, Yumi, do you think, Na'Vi? Uh, I won't speak too much on this, but I do think, weirdly, this will be a positive move for Na'Vi. Like, you won't have a man Hot running take, around with shotguns it. coming into this game. Um, he will be strictly oping, and I think they'll set him up a lot more than they would with Simple. Like, I feel like Simple, sometimes you almost can't control him or read what he's going to do ahead of time. Um... Yes, there'll be some inherent understanding of what he wants to do in rounds, but he might just sometimes say, fuck it, and I'm going to take control. And I don't think Wonderful is going to do that. You know, this is his biggest opportunity, his biggest organization he's had in his career. He's not going to want to flounder this opportunity. So if Alexi B or anybody on this team tells him to do something, I think he'll do it. Oh, oh, bit of some back backhanded fire there, I feel, from Yumi at the end there. Does, does what he's told for once, which I guess they're not used to. Do you co-sign that, Hawker? What do you think of this Na'Vi roster? Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I also think their opening matchup is a lot of fun because it's basically Na'Vi who have chosen to sign the up-and-coming AWPA from their region against Cloud9, who have decided, screw AWPAs, we don't actually need them in CS2. So that's going to be a, a very intriguing opening match. I think it, it could be good for Na'Vi in the sense that I know that a lot of people have, have talked about Immer's sort of struggles. I really genuinely think a big part of, of those struggles could have come from just the sort of difference in intensity in the team. I, I think coming into Na'Vi, the, the communication and the way that the old Na'Vi roster would, would go about things, especially someone like Simple, he expects a lot from you as a teammate. And he'll basically oftentimes like, be very high intensity. He'll probably tell you if you think you've done something wrong. It looked like Immer was never really comfortable because of that. I don't know if he'll suddenly go back to being this incredible player, but maybe he, he gets a bit better. And then Alexi is just like, not only actually a really good fragger for an in-game leader, but someone that I've seen before quickly put together teams and make, make what can happen happen. Like make the best out of the parts he has. And I do agree on Wonderful. When he was on Spirit especially, he was someone who would so often just sort of hold angles and just play by the book. I think the, the classic quote was that he sort of modeled his game off Zywu a little bit. But then I do think when he went to Sprout, he was just the best player by far. So he actually started taking a bit more initiative. But like you're saying, now that you're on Na'Vi again, I think you're basically going to do what you're told. And hey, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing because I, I rate Alexi highly. So I, I actually think this team could make a run. I still, I still don't know how I feel about that opening match though. Like, mm. Na'Vi Cloud9, I, there's, well, there's yeah. part of me that still believes in Cloud9, I don't know. Yeah, no, let's let's talk about Cloud9 then, because obviously, as you said, very talented roster, albeit a pretty unbalanced one. Uh, I mean, yeah, Hawker, what do you what do you think? Do you think it's, I mean, I think it's, I, I talked about this a, a bit on Side Select, where, you know, basically, when CS came out, I didn't play the game because I was so convinced that they would change like the spray patterns and stuff to something I was more used to, which was stupid because one, it's Valve and two, like they've never done that with previous iterations. So I was waiting for the little, you know, Titan logo AK-47 spray pattern to come back. That's not happening, is it? So, but the one thing they probably will change, I would imagine at some point, 
is probably how the AWP works. I think that probably will change a bit because it's been like so under the microscope and people have com complained that it's underpowered and so on and so forth. But with that all being said, do you think it's sustainable at this point in time to play without an AWP? Like, do you think what C9's doing can win a tournament? Can I just say, you know, Device still hitting shots on the AWP, Monacy still hitting shots on the AWP, Jame as well, Boomich AWPing for this Cloud9 team, not doing a bad job either. Like, I don't know if, I mean, the AWP has definitely changed. Like, the, the wide swing is harder to deal with, the, the ways in which you flick, like, the mechanics feel slightly different. People have been complaining about that. It's being adjusted in real time by the devs. Um, you know, the, it doesn't feel great, but it's still good. Like, it still works. And especially online, I feel like we've seen enough players try to make use of that. I think the problem is there are players on T sides that are, like, strafing way harder than they have done at previous lands or way harder than they do in some of their like big game online officials now because they're trying to exploit the new game mechanics as much as possible i i, I don't know that that's a problem with orping and more to do with you know the way that teams are approaching cs2 that's really changed how that all plays i think you can work make five rifles work sure but i think the op is still workable like it's still a good enough gun to justify having yeah, I think like anything though, it's like getting used to things like that double peak strafe peak thing people are doing still is like really jarring when you're trying to orb someone. Um, but again, these are things. The thing is, it's going to be a race of like how fast will people adjust versus will the orb actually meaningfully change because of the devs? And I don't know what's going to come first there. But C9 are, are kind of taking a me approach it seems where it's like we're not even fucking touching that gun until they fix it so hawker do you think this is a sustainable attitude to have that could win you a tournament or do you feel like it's a bit of a bit of a roadblock that one the thing is i feel like it can work for this roster specifically because i mean so you you do have players like 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 yumi was saying like boomich is picking up sometimes perfecto can just like hold angles with it sometimes i've seen him secondary walk before on cloud nine so you can just like pull it out and just you know it's it's not all that hard to to use the orp if you're just playing standard spots and you're not playing it every round and then i just like the the roles i feel like make a bit more sense like you put electronic back to being a star rifler. I always think people forget how good Electronic was when he was playing on old Navi because he was always overshadowed by Simple. So he would never be like the best player on his team when they were winning events. But this guy was like incredibly good, like one of the best aggressive riflers we've ever had in CSGO. That's the sort of thing where if he can bring that back for CS2, that's great. I don't exactly know where Axile is, but I do also think that there's a good chance now that Hobbit can actually improve his level because I feel like his role has always been messed about with on this Cloud9 roster. And whenever I think of Hobbit at his best, he was sort of in late round positions. I remember some like clutches at majors in the past where he's winning one on threes and getting into late round spots. I think he can do that so much more now with how this roster is laid out. It should be him and Perfecto probably as the, the later round players and Axile probably sometimes. So I, I think that just... The ability you're going to get from those two improving probably means we're going to see that actual Cloud9 firepower we were waiting to see. And that's that's something that could work. Like, I, I don't think Boomich is some mastermind in-game leader, but we've seen what he's able to do, just kind of putting a team together and playing pretty simple CS. But sometimes that is the best CS for the players you have. And I think I, it probably is for this roster. I think as well, just to play devil's advocate to the Shiro stepping down from this roster, what does it mean for, for Cloud9? Like, 
there is also a positive effect of him not being a part of the team. Like, Shiro, it felt like the, the whole roster was very united in terms of, like, the front that they were putting out in games. Their mentality was always very stable. They were playing in boot camps a lot for the online era. And then when we started to see them actually go to these lands and fail at these lands, you know, we saw more and more emotion out of Shiro, like, disappointed like crying mid-game while his team are losing around in front of his eyes like those are the types of scenarios where like as good a player as he is that that can tax a team in terms of like what your expectations are you know in the same way that we're talking about simple maybe being a slightly negative influence or a quite high intensity like having somebody that you know that could erupt or explode at any moment with a massive emotional outburst that you know suddenly inf influences how they're going to play in the next round that can be very very difficult to deal with especially when every game is winnable until you've already lost it you know that's the kind of mentality you have to have in a cs game but if you're there already basically giving up that that really hurts the the team's spirit and their ability to even make any of those rounds happen hmm. i also appreciate the uh throwback league of legends meme that yumi threw in there which is you're always winning until you lose great great <laughs> quote i love that one i don't even follow league of legends uh, that, so that's... i just fell into that one <laughs> mate, mate your name's yumi you'll never convince anyone that that's fully true so, you know it's it a better game objectively <laughs> uh right so let's talk about um the other team who i mean i'll ask you guys afterwards if you feel i've left any anyone out but i personally i'm not really a believer in astralis or complexity i think they've kind of i think complexity ran hot at iem but to me i mean it's impossible to say when there have been so few tournaments that that's like an anomaly or something right it wouldn't really make sense but yeah I, i'm not i'm a non-believer in complexity let's let's put it that way but vitality even though last time we saw them the only time we've really seen them they looked a bit ropey zywoo didn't really look like zywoo but yumi is Messi the answer? Is Are we going to see a hot run from Vitaly at this tournament? What do you think? I love me some Messi. So this is the wrong person to ask. I'm not going to give you a proper answer, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, good player, played many roles, in-game led, star player, opera at one point, support rifler. He will slot into this Vitality team much faster than people may anticipate. Like, he won't have a lot of growing time or lead-in time with Vitality, and I think there's a fair amount of role overlap with him and Majisk, so I actually think this is a really solid move. I, I rate the, the Mezzi pickup quite highly because he's not only a, a young dude, but if he's allowed to refine roles in position, like, what, we've seen him at different points on Fnatic switch positions or switch roles like every six, nine months or something, so... I, I'd like him to have a bit of stability in the lead-up to this Major, and he's already moving into a system that yeah, maybe it's not the most refined. Like, Flames is still a little bit of a question mark on this roster for me as to what he's, what his impact is going to be in big-time games, especially. So I actually have more questions about Flames and his growth than I do about Mezzi. Like, I think Mezzi will do his job as he needs to on this roster very quickly. And is he an upgrade, Hawker? Is Mezzi an upgrade? I mean, Magis, legendary player, you know. I've, I, I also find it... Obviously, the, the the reasoning can be anything, you know, but I do find it somewhat odd considering how little Counter-Strike Vitality have played on the new game that you drop a player like Magisk this early into the life cycle. Um, what, what do you make of this move? That is the weird thing because 
This is low-key just a bit of a downgrade, right? But I still like the lineup. So it's a, it's a weird scenario to be in. I think something that Magisk brought is, I mean, obviously j just the experience in general, but he would also, whenever it felt like Vitality were really struggling and like Zywoo was having an off game or Spinks was having an off game, I felt like Magisk almost like took it personally and said, okay, I'm just going to step up and start winning rounds and entering and on T side and just making sure we get this over the line. I don't know if Mezzi strikes me as that sort of player. So maybe that's something that you miss a little bit. But I do agree with Yumi in that Mezzi's biggest strength is probably his work ethic. And so he he will just instantly like adjust to this team. He's as 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 Yumi said, he's played so many positions. He's so versatile. He's just like the uh, pretty much the perfect player to quickly slot into a team in that sense. I think really it's it's the question of as Yumi said, flames, but then also some of the the bigger names like Sphinx and Zaiwoo. Can they basically consistently be star players? Can they always step up now? Because I'm not expecting Mezzi to be that player to be the difference maker in a final or a semi-final. Mm. So it's going to have to be Spinks and Zaiwoo. And I want to see Zaiwoo continue to take on responsibility and say, hey, I need to be the best player on this team. And I, I ju it just, it's just starting to get a bit frustrating that I, I don't see that much from Zaiwoo, right? It's, it's like he's happy just being what he is. But it's like, I see you could be so much more, Zaiwoo. I can, I can fix you. I can change you. Please. I I do think one of the limitations will be that Magisk basically had to compromise his traditional spots to like make up for Dupree underperforming in his roles at the start of Vitality. Like we saw a lot of role changes between him and Magisk. Like sometimes Dupree was entering, and then like three months down the line, Magisk was suddenly entering, and Dupree was like third man in. To to see that sort of uh, quickly bounce around, that to me just reeks of uh, Magisk basically saying, "I'll do I'll do this instead." I don't know that Messi will voice. Um, the the, necess the the necessity for him to be in positions. If it's offered to him, I'm sure he'll say yes, but I don't think he's going to step up in that moment and be like, I'll do it instead of you. No problems. We'll just move on. You know, I think he's a, he's a homeworked guy. And, you know, if, if the, if the teacher asks him to present his, his findings, he will do so, but <sighs> you need to get it out of him first. Yeah. I liked, uh, I liked Hawker's little plea to Zywoo because it sort of reminded <laughs> me of that kind of the sort of, uh, mobster underground boxing coach on the corner is like yeah good kid but with me you could be the best and it's like that's there you go that's so Zai, we go seek out hawker he's got the <laughs> the final secret secret sauce for you there and also another reason to root for mezzi is obviously he's british isn't he and we have very few i mean fucking smoo i guess is like the flag waver for us up until this point in recent cs era isn't he so you know it would be nice to have a have an upgrade on that and no one has a bad word to say about mezzi because he's like the antithesis of what everybody i thought you were gonna say smoothie there for a second i was like fuck <laughs> yeah, no, no, this no, could be no, a no, take. and to be fair mezzi is from birmingham so that is a bad thing i can say about him so Ooh, oh true awesome. very true um oh we love birmingham of course also he's got a fucked up config Oh, Ooh. there we go. So I got just fucking hell, just a, a book of reasons to hate this guy. But no, no, it's a, it, people don't understand. People outside of the UK don't understand that like esports is fucking dead here. By the way, like it's actually dead in terms of like a scene. Although you know, hey, we had a good Rainbow Six team. I, I think I don't really follow Rainbow Six. I just know that there was no. A but team. this is the thing. This is the thing. Like every now and then we'll have a team or a player or whatever, but no one here is actually following it. Like you know, think of how impassioned the Poles are or the Brazilians or, you know, 
that some of these other nations that the french how they like follow their tip we don't really care like give a fuck in the uk unfortunately so now nah, big up your tap, move on big up <laughs> big up mez big up mezzy right uh do you guys think i mean we've obviously obviously we've also got um i mean i uh, don't care about nip but like do you guys <laughs> think that uh complexity or astralis could do anything here obviously it would be unfair not to at least mention complexity considering that they could have won iem sydney like let's be real um hawker do, do you like either of these two teams can either of them make a splash yeah i, I would i would feel like astralis just when i look at the roster looks like in theory it should have more of a chance just because they have actual proper like big star players that i know can do well um I, it, the, the thing is, I'm excited to see Elige. I think that's really the main draw of complexity right now. If he can keep doing what he's doing, then he's just going to be one of the best players in NA. But then it, it's probably going to be a bit annoying because I, I just... You just look down the complexity lineup and it's like, can all these players play to that level that they played at at Sydney? JT was way better than I thought he was ever going to be. He's always been a bad fragging IGL. And then he was clutching like crazy at, at Sydney. It's it's kind of hard to see it. I guess the one nice thing at Sydney is that they were really far behind in the final on the third map against FaZe. And they did actually rally back. They actually showed yeah. some mental fortitude, which I will give them props for. And the other nice thing was they were probably the most innovative team. I thought they were the best at using the new nade smoke feature. Still don't think we have a, a solid term for that that everyone's using, but you all know what I mean. I think they were the best at using that. So now that they've had a bit of time and they're like one of the few rosters that hasn't made any roster moves, I do actually think they could bring some new stuff into this event. And that could be a lot of fun. But it kind of feels like they need that to have the punches chance in the first place because their players just aren't as good as some of the other teams. Yeah, I think I think frag peak is the the, the coined term okay. the kids are using or H H E peak. But uh, yeah, I've heard the... parting smokes, blowing smokes. I've never heard <laughs> Nate frag peak. Frag peak. You have no frag peak. Oh, no. well, just in That's my just in my elo of matchmaking, I guess. I also feel <laughs> like with complexity. Hauser kind of used two of his genie wishes on that final and still didn't win. So it's like, am I expecting that again at this tournament? Probably not. Um, but what do you what do you think, Yumi? Do you like either of these teams? The the biggest thing, okay. First off, I think Astralis are in a much better position. Um, Borup is definitely still like I don't know why he got signed to this roster in the first place. If they do get um, some extra fragging power into this roster, like the rumored stound yeah the rumored stound and yabby move or if they just pluck apart any of those players out of the heroic roster i think it is just an upgrade like i don't care who it is um sucks for heroic of course which we'll get to later um but complexity for me i think they need to almost change holzerk because not only was jt having an exceptional event in sydney but holzerk was having a stinker like it was not a good tournament for holzerk on the orp and yeah, maybe that's the new gun and how that all feels and blah, 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 blah. You can make all these excuses. But when it came to... Outside you know, of the final, because he was fire in the final, to be fair. Yeah, no, in the final, he was great. But that he was they also found themselves in deficits in the final. Mm. And, you yeah. know, that rally that Hulk was talking about really did come from, like, Holzerk suddenly just unlocking a little bit and maybe just saying, fuck it, I'm going to peak things <laughs> and winning a lot of those fights. You know, that wasn't really categorically Holzerk for the most... For the most part at that event so i don't know if that was just him deciding to let all of his fears suddenly just go off into the wind i 
I want to see complexity succeed because I don't want it to just be a, a drop in the pan. It would be nice to have a North American team that we can actually have fandom support as proper flag bearers for the region. Yeah. I'll tell you what's really weird touching. We might as well talk about it now as we, we've touched on Heroic. The whole situation with Astralis Heroics down Yabby is so bizarre to me because the thing, it, one of the things, one of the reasons why I feel like Astralis probably won't do too much in this tournament is in part because everyone knows that two players on that roster almost certainly are getting replaced in time. So it's kind of like mentally, how do you feel like that going into a tournament? But the weirdest part of this to me is Heroic, who have obviously now called back Cadian. Cadian's playing Heroic in this tournament. It's like, he's the one who should be most aggrieved. It's like Stown and Yabby have been dropped or whatever. Like, I would imagine they were probably, no matter what they'll say publicly facing, I would imagine they were probably asked to play or to come back and probably just said no, because I don't really understand how Heroic has put themselves in a position where the ultimatum happens, Cadian gets benched, they, again, we don't know all the details, but from what's been said, they break their promise, basically, and say, we're not going to extend our contracts. We're going to Astralis when our contracts run out. And then Heroic's in a situation where they get nothing. They lose both players immediately while they're still under contract. They're not contributing at all. Then they they don't go to Astralis and, like, offer a buyout or something, or at least as far as we know, that hasn't happened. Because, you know, if, if I'm like, okay, well, we got screwed over, but... Let me at least try and extract some value from this, right? They're not getting anything. The players are benched. There's no money. They're just going to set out their contracts and then go for free. And then Cadian, who was dropped at the behest of these two guys, is now playing for them again. So this is a really weird situation. And, I mean, I guess the only thing I'll say is, like, he's not really this sort of player, but, like, Cadian's play going to be playing, like, completely unleashed, I suppose, and that there's, like, no pressure. It doesn't matter. It's, like almost a one-off freebie hit for him because there's no expectations. Two of the best players aren't playing. Like, good scenario for him, I guess. He can't lose. But yeah, I mean, uh, Hawker, what do you make of this heroic situation? And do they have a weird outside chance just because it's kind of like zero expectations? Just fuck it? Or is that just way too generous to take? Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I wish I could believe in that, but like every everything in my head says that's that's not going to happen. Imagine if it know. did, by the way. Imagine if they actually, <laughs> oh, imagine Cadian on the stage. Oh, nah, scene. Sorry, go on. No, it would be great. Um, of course, you know, the, the Danish fans would probably still support Astralis instead of Heroic, even in this scenario, but you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, yeah, I, it is a weird spot. I mean, I'm pretty sure basically Heroic tweeted like after the whole thing, basically throwing shade at Astralis and saying like, oh, we're willing to discuss with any organization that's actually professional. And it's like, I don't, who else is going to buy these players though? Like, I don't, I don't think anyone else is. Not even Astralis are going to buy them apparently. Exactly. So. exactly. Now, now they're not. Um, and then obviously you have the classic Stown tweet being like, truth always prevails, but it's been like a month and he's just gone radio <laughs> silence. So I guess the truth has prevailed. It's just not in his favor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird scenario. I, I don't know what it means for the team into this event weirdly dupree's actually been playing really well online and to be honest i didn't think he was going to play well at all i thought he was just gonna only maybe ever get hyped up for big events but he's actually been doing well so i guess that's something that's nice although even then i think he's only signed until the end of the year for heroic as well mm, so yeah. you don't even have him long term so 
yeah, man, I, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if Yumi can, can yeah, help any, me out. Any here, copium, Yumi? Lost. Help us out. Uh, okay, first off, for Acadian coming back into uh, heroic, that doesn't matter to him, I don't think. Like, this is like if. If all three of you, like you and your two siblings, got kidnapped, you being the oldest son, and the the hostage, uh, the kidnappers decide to say, "Hey, listen, it's either the youngest and the middle child, or your oldest child, Kaden being the oldest, of course." You know, I think you as the oldest would also understand the scenario that your parents were put in and forgive them for making that choice. You know, ultimately the kidnappers just wanted to run a social experiment. We're in 2023. YouTube has gone too far. <laughs> it's um, a prank. Yeah, it is just a prank <laughs> in the end. Um, so for, for Kaden, this is... I think he actually won't be unleashed. I, I believe he's going to take this as a good opportunity. One, because he hasn't played with Dupree since, like, what? I had a quick little look since 2014 when he stood in for TSM. Wow. In like, a early a winter yeah. or something. Um, and I think I think afterwards he might have played in some, like, Team Denmark thing in 2016 with them. So, you know, that, that may be a cool experience for him. Dupree is also, like Hoka was saying, played great with this heroic roster even though the team is pretty uh messed up you know he's come into a a bad family environment i i do think they'll take this very seriously i think for me in terms of dark horses for this event heroic are actually the dark horse for me oh okay wow so does dark horse mean like yeah. just do better than expected or like win win the no, whole No, I thing? mean like totally no but I don't think anyone really has belief in this team, but I, I strangely I strangely do. So. Okay, so let, let me just rephrase it slightly because I know I think it's a good it's a good take, but if um if we all agree that the you know de facto favourites or the destined to win is phase, uh who would be your outside shout, Yumi? Or the what the, the, the next team down, I guess, that you think would be most likely to take the tournament? Or oh, is it heroic? I, I think heroic is probably that one, that Ooh. team for me. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Oh, interesting. What about what about you, Orca? Who's your dark horse team? Uh, I think probably probably Vitality, just because we've seen so little from them in CS2, and I just really do think Mezzi will slot in really quickly to this roster. So yeah, like I, I could I could see Vitality making something happen. Yeah, Vitality is mine as well, even though so far the tape does not really support that in uh, CS2. I do just think talent-wise, they probably have uh, the best chance. Right, on to the third D of our triple D. And who do you think will be the biggest letdown this tournament? Who do you feel like maybe people have too many expectations for that uh, might not live up to them? What do you, what do you think, Yumi? Who would you... I feel you like you're not here? allowed to pick NIP, by the way, because no one has nah. faith in them at all. So. What do you mean? Alex is a great in-game leader. I'm sure he could fix this roster. Yeah. They can, he can so fix them. I'll, yeah, go, I'll, I'll just go first and say, you know, as an example, I think complexity, because I, as I said, because they ran so hot at Sydney and could have won that tournament, I think actually of all the teams we've talked about as being serious teams, which is quite a few, because obviously we've got Cloud9, Vitality, Heroic, you've mentioned Astralis. I actually think they will look the worst out of all of those teams. So I'll say, I'll say complexity. But what do you think, Yumi? I think the difficulty is, and this is no slight on Blast. It's not really their fault. But a lot of these teams qualified in Go, and so mm. there's really no transfer to to CS2 that we've seen so far. Like there's a lot of teams on Fraud Watch alongside the roster instability. So. I find it hard to pick a team that people have high expectations for but won't perform because I don't think there's a lot of expectations for like <laughs> basically any of these rosters. Like except for FaZe, everything like we sort of alluded to earlier on, this is a team of question or a, a group of question marks. So 
it's really it's really really odd um maybe i don't i don't know who to pick because my my head would go vitality even though i have high hopes for them but i think that there's there's all the i think based on the lack of tape and the fact that i don't know how well flames is is, is fitting in i don't see him as like a big game player yet for this roster i think if they encounter like uh, even like a cloud nine they could maybe struggle so that okay. that that'd be my pick at a stretch i think and what do you think hawker I don't hate it. I mean, I low-key, my gut would also say complexity. I'm with you. But I, I will say something different, just, just for a bit of fun. Astralis, actually, some people probably do believe in. Because they did they did okay at the uh, the Asia Championships, whatever, tournament. They, they did all right there. They made it to the uh, the semifinals. And Blame F and Device were playing very well there. But then Stare also like had some mad overperformance. And he has not shown anything capable of that in general on this team, which is kind of why they're considering replacing him. So, yeah, I feel like some people might have faith in Astralis and just assume they're, like, locks to make it out from Group B. I actually don't even think that's the case. Like, I, they could easily lose against Complexity. They could actually lose against Heroic. Like, who, that matchup would be so fun if it happens. I'm kind of glad they're in the same group because I, I would love to see that just for the, just for the memes. Yeah. I'd like to just uh, like inform them. I have done another podcast where I did talk about the my favorites and my dark horse for this event. And I think I chose Vitality as my favorites because our format is basically like I can't pick the same team that the other person okay, has picked yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> so they, they, and so they picked Phase. <laughs> you know, I have to go with Vitality, and I think I picked Astralis because I I think these these players are kind of fighting for their spots. Like I don't think it's set in stone who's who's going to get removed if they do make the transition with Stown and Yabby. And everybody seems to be saying like, oh, it'll be Buzz, it'll be Buzz. You know, he's a player that's learned quite quickly and has changed quite a lot since he's been on Astralis. And he's like Device's boy. So, you know, that can affect the team dynamic. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I I think it is interesting that so many teams you could make an argument in a, in a positive light for. But I feel like there's just so many negatives with the limitations on what we have so far. Yeah, no, definitely. We are kind of shooting fish in a barrel at, at this point in the early infancy of CS2. Also, these online cups are kind of hard to gauge. Like, there are some teams that will exploit the fact that it's online and CS2 has like, these wide swing mechanics. I think Spirit <laughs> are one of those teams. Complexity got absolutely donked on during Thunderpick. Um, I, I think there are many teams I could fall victim to, like, any of these tier 2 up-and-comers because of how the game currently is, basically. Yeah, fair. Uh, before I get a slightly altered mvp prediction from both of you it is the return of the hltv section aka Ooh. the most important section Christ. of the whole show so again just to refresh the viewers on how this works i pick two hand picked uh threads from hltv our beloved hltv forums and it's very simple uh the guys just have to pick which is the superior thread so thread number one today is from a user named Batulift. He has a Palestinian flag and also a Polish flag. So I would guess he uh, is pro-Palestine, but probably from Poland. But who knows? Anyway, that will probably come more into uh, dispute after I read you his thread. So his thread, uh, it's just called Adulthood. And his thread reads, short one this, the idea that adulthood starts at 18 is a completely arbitrary number, dot, dot, dot. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, That's it. 
that's that's the that's the first thread. Thoughts? Is is it a completely arbitrary number, Hawker? What do you think? I mean, we're I mean, from the UK, so here in yeah. the UK, people who don't know, we we are allowed to drive at eighteen. We're allowed to drink at eighteen. So it, I guess it's kind of seen as like you're a man when you turn eighteen. I suppose. Do you do you co-sign Mister uh, Batulif's comments? Is it arbitrary? I mean, yeah, he's he's not wrong. I mean, there's you know, you get different different levels of maturity. You know, you, you we've all met thirty year olds that are basically still you know thirteen year olds or whatever. So uh, yeah, I mean, listen, that to be honest, that's way more insight than I'm used to uh, getting. Yeah, like, look, I just okay. opened up HLTV and the top thread was Cloud Nine equals Fat Nine. So oh, like, yeah, no, you know, I, that's I avoided that one. I nearly put that one in. <laughs> I nearly put that one in. The thread from memory is just a picture of them all from like seven years ago, and then a picture of them all now, and just like look how fat they got. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> cheers, Even for cheers, me, mate. that's a bit tasteless. So yeah, leave that one off. What What do you think, Yumi? Do you Do you subscribe to the sage-like wisdom of uh, Batu Lift? Uh, he's not wrong, especially in this economy, leaving the house or leaving your parents' house becomes much more difficult, you know, actually getting your own place as an 18-year-old. Uh, I think adulthood starts when you're self-sufficient, really, but a lot of people don't really get that far. Also, as someone that grew up, like, in Asia, I can tell you for, for certain that there are different, like, expectations of where you should be in life at certain points of your life as well, mm. so he's not wrong, but also... Why make this threat on HLTV? Like, who is he trying to inspire or, <laughs> or like have a civil discourse with? I don't understand. Well, I'm glad that you brought up Asia, Yumi, because our second thread is from a guy called Brazzers69 underscore. And his right. thread, also interestingly, with a Polish flag, theme of the day, I guess. And his thread is called Asians Come. C-O-M-E, to be clear. And uh, when I cl click on it, the thread goes as follows. <clears throat> Why don't you play CS, Asians? Why do you hide behind your giant wall of China? Come out and face us. Bring your best samurais. We play Mirage and Overpass until last alive. Dot, dot, dot. Cowards. <laughs> Thoughts, Hawker? <laughs> I mean, I, so it, the the title's always important for the bait, and I I liked the adulthood one earlier because I could imagine some kids being like, "Oh, here's, here's some here's some wisdom." That's deep. This one's just the classic Asians come, which is you know that's like that's a standard that that always works on HLTV. I, the the Great Wall of China is just mad because does I don't know if he just thinks that all of Asia <laughs> is China or if the Wall of China somehow surrounds all of Asia. I don't, well, I don't know what he does going on there. because in the next sentence he puts "Bring your best samurais," which are not Chinese. <laughs> no, so. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the idea that I guess the the new version of World Wars is just hugging uh until it's the last man standing on mirage and for some reason overpass which is like the opposite of mirage so yeah. i don't know wh why he chose those maps but, yeah i um... got mirage because that's the only fucking map i ever get to play in premiere yeah so yeah I that makes that, sense but, but you know overpass okay i mean i like I overpass I think he's just yeah. upset that Polish Counter-Strike isn't as relevant as Asia Counter-Strike these days. Oh, yeah. Yumi's go. full of the hot takes today. What, I mean, what do you think of Mirage, Yumi? Do you like that as a, his map choices over past Mirage? Good map I, I mean, personally, I suck at Mirage, so that, that map gets an L for me, but it's it's fun. Like I, I think it delivers delivers great games. That's why Yumi and the rest are hiding behind their walls, you know. <laughs> Reroll the maps, and then they'll all come out. Hey, all the I Samurais will come out. Where is this guy? I'll, I'll play him on Mirage. 
Oh, but so who 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 do you think is the winner here, guys? Who who has the superior thread? Adulthood, the idea that adulthood starts at eighteen is just an arbitrary number, or of course the beautiful soliloquy from Brazzers sixty nine. What what do you think? Who's the winner? I mean, you're basically asking, am I sane or insane? Um, I think this week I I might pick insane. I might do it. I just you know it it tickled me. I don't even know which right one places. is the sane or the insane choice, to be honest. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? For, for me, it's a clear, it's a clear win. Like, Brazzer sixty nine has at least elaborated on his take. You know, I, I don't know enough about what he means by just saying adulthood only starts. At, you know, start, it's like a totally arbitrary concept. Like, I don't, I don't know enough about what he's trying to even target with that. I, I, I'm with Brazzers 69 as a shout. It was close until the dot, dot, dot cowards at the end. And I thought, yeah, you know what? This guy's based. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Congratulations, Brazzers 69. Uh, excellent. You are the official winner and your prize is absolutely nothing. Um, other than our ever, you know, perpetual gratitude, of course, that that thread exists. Uh, right, back to Blast quickly. And guys, I want to get your MVP prediction... Whoa, 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 with a twist that is not a FaZe player. Obviously, we're all assuming that FaZe are going to win the tournament and most likely we would end up um, such as, you know, modern day sports analysis giving the MVP to the winner of the tournament. So let's pretend, or not, let's not pretend, let's say a FaZe player cannot get it. Who do you expect to be the most impressive player at this tournament? Yumi, who do you think? Who, who do you think might have a standout performance here? Oh, my brain... I want to say Zaiwu, but then I have this, like, intrusive thought saying wonderful, weirdly. Like, I think there's a, a possible... Ch uh, he, he could just come out and frag for that roster and kind of meet the expectations of what people are, are looking at. You know, they, they look at his numbers from Sprout and they think, this guy's insane. Yeah, of course it's a good pickup. But a lot of the times we see top players from the Tier 2 transition to Tier 1, it's, like, a kind of a shit show. So, I... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll maybe say wonderful as like a hot that's a hot take for for an MVP. What do you think, Hawker? So if people look at just pure numbers, they actually might go for like a blame F or a device. But I don't I don't care about those players because I don't think they're going to actually do much in the event. So if you're if you're not making it to like the final or at least the semi final, I don't care about you, and I don't think you're making it, Stralis. Uh In that case, then I I think I might actually just go with Spinks. I mean, Loki, because last episode I said I could, I thought he could be the goat of CS2, which I don't think I actually fully agree with. As soon as I said it, I was like, ah, oh, crap, I have to, I have to pretend I believe this now. Uh, so why not just double down and just, <laughs> just commit even further? But I do actually think he's, he's like really underappreciated as a rifler, and even, uh, even at Sydney, like I thought he was, he was still pretty good, and like, Zaiwu I didn't really see that much from, and you know, just in general, like. Riflers are going to get their rifle more than AWPers are going to get their AWP. So he's going to have more chances to actually have impact. And yeah, Vitality are probably like the safest team to do well outside of phase. So give me a bit of Spinks. Why not? Yeah. Doubling down, story of my life. Uh, I also <laughs> was actually going to go for Wonderful, but I will not pick the same as Yumi. So wow, you guys are high on Wonderful. I'm, okay. I'm going for the take, which will have the biggest potential payoff, which is Messi, baby. Give me Mezzi. I'm going to say Mezzi. Hit, not only hits the ground running, not only, you know, fits in and, you know, things are going swimmingly early. He's going to have a fucking banger tournament, calling it now. So Mezzi. And also, I think people will be 
slightly biased to that end when analyzing him because it'll be like the honeymoon phase you know it's like oh my god he's so new and he's already doing so well so he'll get like an extra fucking 0.10 to his adr out of nowhere from everyone just because you know that would be cool wouldn't it so yeah i'm gonna go with mezzi right now guys we do have to finish with the second most important section of the show which is again the returning of the Ashley Kang section, AKA user questions. And I do have two for you today, guys. One is CS related, one is not. I'll start with the CS related one. And this question comes from David, David, probably, I'd imagine based on his second name, David Lancaster, uh, <laughs> who asks, who is the better player historically? This is an interesting one, I think. Flusher or Crims? I'll start with you, Yumi. Actually, I'm going to say before anything, because my answer would be easy, which is I would personally say Crims, because I think Flusher cheated. Let's pretend <laughs> that he that's not in the discussion, okay? Because otherwise the question's stupid. So let's pretend none of those clips happened or they were all legit, whatever. So yeah, what, what do you think, Yumi? Who do you think has the better resume? I, I think if, if your definition of historically is like when they actually were relevant as a pro player, then I feel like the argument is is very easy to make that it's crims like a long a pure longevity player that's won at majors that has basically never had a slump ever in his career while his rosters have not always been the most stable like for me that's that's not even a conversation flusher might have had a higher peak than crims and might have been more influential in the tournaments that they won at, during the fanatic reign but for for me if without crims like those those rosters maybe don't even get there in the first place as well so hmm what do you think, Hawker? I think I, I probably have to agree, but man, Flush's peak was just like so good. It really was. Uh, Cr like Crims has just been such a rock that it's it's hard not to pick him. I'm kind of a I'm probably a bit of a sucker for those players sometimes as well because I feel like they they get a little underappreciated. Um, so yeah, I I, I, ju I just think Crims, especially considering he's like still playing and still doing pretty pretty well at the top level. Uh, he's he, he deserves a lot of credit for that, but Flusher, man, that he, he did have that crazy, just like well, that crazy read <laughs> yeah, for the game, really what crazy. Is, period, is, yeah. Some some might say unbelievably yeah. crazy. Um, so like that, that, he does deserve a lot of credit for that, and I actually think like aesthetically, Flusher was probably way more fun to watch. But oh, yeah. I think you know, Crims just. In, down there in the mines, digging away, just constantly, you know, finding uh, gold. And then every now and then, Flusher finds a diamond. But, you know, half the time, he's just been doing you know, nothing. So. I've heard it's really easy to mine for precious stones when you can see through the walls. <laughs> really? It makes it a lot easier. That's just something I've heard about mining. I have no idea if that's, that's true or not. Flusher's <laughs> cultural impact, Flusher and JW's cultural impact severely outweighs crims like if that's if we're gonna go historical impact or whatever that's a that's an argument you can make for flush i suppose you know he everybody thought he was cheating because he was so good and also you know senior vac and you know being that icon you know he is a marker in counter-strike history for for a number of reasons yeah i mean the only thing i would say in sort of the flusher camp because i'd agree i think the longevity of crims is too much versus the peak of flusher but for me normally like let's say two players have a 10-year career right the exact same time span if one is like really good and superior let's say for five years but then he like falls off stops playing and the other guy's like seven out of ten during that whole time 
I would usually go towards the guy who was really good, you know, because I just think that guy was better at the game. And just because you have some longevity over them, it doesn't mean that you get to say you're better historically. Like, I will all usually give the nod to that. But I think you're right, Yumi, in that Flush's peak was probably more like three years at most. And decent, you know, either side of that for a little bit. But Crims has been like the sort of 7.5 out of 10 plus player for a very extended period of time and still arguably going. So yeah, I think I think he does take it. But if Flusher had like, you know, another, I don't know, three big tournament performances at that level or something under his belt, I think it'd be very close for me, uh, I'd have to say. Right, now moving on to the final question of the day, which is from Glacier98. And he asks us to rate these shoe brands in order. I don't know if either of you are sneakerheads, but uh, here we go. So the brands are Adidas, Nike, Converse, and New Balance. So I think that I've never worn a pair of either Adidas shoes or New Balance in my life. But obviously, you know, I know what they look like. Um, but I'm actually not going to go first because I want to sound outraged by both of your takes first. So you, me, <laughs> what, what are you thinking on this one? Adidas, Nike, Converse, and New Balance. I think in terms of longevity i'll say converse first um then i'll go nike adidas new balance new balance were a very like hot thing for a little bit like a couple years where they, their, their shoes were sell like hotcakes but that did feel like them saving their brand from being the dad shoe of you know as a sneaker of 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 a time since gone so you know they they revived themselves i don't think they have the the same staying power when you say Converse for longevity, what do you mean by that? Because to me, Converse are the ones that fall apart the fastest out of those <laughs> brands. No, but in terms of like the silhouette of the shoe, like that that to me, and like between high tops and low tops, I feel like oh, the, okay. the Converse look has stayed in oh, right. the most iconic in, in, yeah, okay, enduring look. Okay, I get you, I get you. Hawker, what do you think? I think I agree that New Balance is number four. Um, yeah, they, they had their like yeah like retro vibe or whatever and people people are wearing them and i sometimes i look at them and think they look cool and then a lot of times i'm like yeah i don't i don't really care like they just yeah like you said dad shoe vibe sure um i actually i actually have a i don't know if you know on it on it i got some on recently they're actually really cool they're like i think an a6 sub brand but anyway that's a besides the point I'm basically stalling for time because I'm <laughs> I'm stuck between two here. I'll I'll, I'll help you stall. I actually want to I want to change my decision. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. oh. back to you, me. What we got? Nike's first, Converse second, Adidas third, New Balance fourth. Okay, that's, okay. okay, that's my change because I kind of forgot like Nike just own all of the Air Jordan. Brand, yeah, I was gonna right? say. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna yeah. say stuff, like. You know? Air I was going to say, does Air Jordan count as Nike? It has to, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean... in, in my brain, I was only thinking about like the, I don't know, Air Max 90s and like the hyper or whatever, the hyper glides or whatever the yeah. fuck they call them. So, I mean, yeah, while, while Hawk is finalizing his placements, <laughs> I mean, I have to go like Air Jordan. I have to go Nike first because I have like six pairs of Jordans um, and they're just, I don't know. To me, they're the best, the most iconic. I get the whole thing with like Converse where it's like, they're also iconic from a sort of image perspective. With Adidas, I'm going to put them last place. I mean, yeah, okay, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they've got like the three-stripe thing or whatever, but there's nothing like iconic about their shoes. And I don't feel like they're 
particularly great or amazing or cool shoes. They're just like, oh, it's an Adidas shoe. There's nothing to you it. You don't think really. they helped their brand a bit with the whole like the Yeezys and you oh, know, yeah, Yeezys. That whole... I yeah, it's, oh, see that, when yeah, when I think of Yeezys, I don't think of Adidas. I just think of Yeezys. I don't know, like eh, nah. I mean, I never had a pair of Yeezys. I did kind of think they were. Uh, sort of overhyped, uh, yeah, just, yeah. just hype beast, overpriced, like, yeah. Um, and the thing is, New Balance, like, they probably lose in terms of like they're the least cool, I guess, in terms of the brands. But I do actually think really good New Balance shoes. This is like my dad answer here, but they are actually just more comfortable and a better pair of shoes, like from a literal perspective. So I'll say Adidas, New Balance. Converse number two, and yeah, Nike has to be number one. What do you think? Horford? Yeah, I think you have sway me on. I, I still think for me, I'm thinking about what I wear. Converse is probably three for me because I just I, I I can appreciate that Converses are cool, but I've just never been drawn to them. And I do actually have some Adidas trainers, so I think they'd be number two. I like the I don't have the Sambas, but they're kind of cool. I have the Gazelles, which are you know I I, I like them. They're just like good standard shoe. Uh, but I, I do think Nike has to be number one. It's just like the, the shoes that I will like go to the most are just like my black and red Jordans. I think like they're just they're just nice and they're just so easy to wear. Yeah. It's just free. Aren't actually I, it's been years because like the thing with Converse is obviously there are loads of like store brands and high high street brands which do like rip off Converses basically like the same design or whatever. But it's been a while since I won, but aren't Converse super uncomfortable? I have a feeling that Converse shoes are actually just super, like the classic Converse, what, All Stars, is it? Like Converse All Stars yeah. are just, because they're just like a slab of sole and then that super wispy like fabric material. Like, there's not much support there. You wouldn't want to go on a long walk in Converse's, I don't think so. But I, I seem to remember my old Converse is just like basically giving up. Uh, yeah. like on the on the heel in particular that's that's where i think vans have a similar look but have like that thick uh, like iconic sole that kind of makes them last longer i guess yeah right well unlike uh the previous show where these two gave atrocious takes on fast food uh <laughs> hey, hey all... i have a follow-up to that by the oh, way okay <laughs> since <laughs> since that conversation i've had the the opportunity to travel so i've had several burger kings since we spoke <laughs> And it is, it's okay. Like they're they're okay. Mid. I just I just don't think it's you know it's it's definitely not number one. You know, in terms of consistency, I would say the Nottingham one that I went to not not that great. <laughs> We're the one I went to in, the one I went to in Dublin was hella messy and also food was below average. And then the one I went to in Spain actually very solid. So like, mm. it's it is a high variance brand. Funnily thing. enough, I also had Burger King in Spain since our last podcast. Weirdly, and it was at the airport, and you can order a giant beer as your drink Ooh. with your Burger King. Okay. And it was literally just a beer. It wasn't a good beer. It's like their own brand of beer, though, which is like, that's that's something, I guess. Yeah, well, at that point, it doesn't matter because it's the novelty that you're in. Really exactly. Buying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, but I do. I, I everyone go on Yumi's Yelp reviews and downvote <laughs> his Burger King takes because you're not allowed to take marks off for was it Burger King in Dublin being messy. That's not allowed. <laughs> We're judging the food here. You know, you can't. No, no, not happy. But anyway, after all that, Yumi, did you move them at all on the list, or are they still just dead last? Nah, they're still too high variance for me. You know, I need mm. consistency out of a fast food brand. 
Well, great. I, I will also say I moved house since we last moved, and I've somehow moved from being two minutes away from a KFC to one minute away from a KFC. So I'm KFC through and through, baby. It's my home team. <laughs> the convenience is king. <laughs> well, we call that we call that a downgrade. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all, all of that from you, me, and he didn't even move them off rock bottom of his list. I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> I also love the idea, by the way. But you're like, oh, I've been traveling. Uh, what have I been doing? Just going to different Burger Kings everywhere. Yeah, so while you're traveling, I just need something fast, you know? So. Uh, well, yeah. And Burger King had your back, Yumi. I hope you remember that the next time you revisit your list. I just needed ammunition to clap back. Like, Burger King did not deserve to be first. But I also love how it wasn't enough to go to one. It was like Nottingham Burger King, Dublin, Spain. My, I, I knew where my stance was. I had to justify it. I knew that from chain to chain, it was that's you know. that's either either that's commitment or you're a closet burger king fan and one day i'm spiteful i think so i can i can believe it i can believe it uh right anyway guys that's going to be it until uh next time and don't know when that's going to be do i Cause don't know when the big tournament's going to be obviously we're going to have to pay recompense for our terrible takes and predictions on this show but uh yeah you'll know when i know i suppose so thank you all for watching and we will see you next time